it in the beginning. And make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to this video if you want more content like this. And leave a comment. Hey man, say man, welcome back, man. Yesterday we weren't able to put out a video or a reel due to power issues in my building. The uh, computer kept cutting out. It was a very devastating day, but I have to say I have good reports, man. I have very good reports, Los. The boys were cashing yesterday. San Diego State covers. San Diego State money line was the lock. That's what we should have said. Miami covers the 7.5. Miami destroys Houston. Creighton covers. What else we had? Oh, Xavier, Xavier over. over. San Diego State under. under. Did the under hit? The under Absolutely. Hit they, Absolutely. Started, they started hooping a little too they much did. for me. At one point, they did. Like, they <laughs> well, hit them. Um, man. I wish I wish I could have gave out my my lock of the day for women's Louisville cover. <laughs> Y'all need to follow but, all um, picks. Yeah, man, we gotta we gotta touch on that woman stuff. We're gonna bring Zay on. Mm-hmm. Though Zay can't bet because he's actually an assistant coach, but you know he can give his insight. Anyways, let's talk about it, man. Let's talk about how, how you been, man. I'm all right, man. I'm having a really solid week, a uh, productive week on and off the betting scene. Just a productive week. I want to give a shout out to Jerome Tang because he has this thing going where they sing the little baby song and they get the clap going. And that's like the smoothest thing I've seen from a, a college coach. So when I was in college and I was a manager for ODU, we had like this old school coach, no nonsense guy. And sometimes the locker room could just you could just tell that it really wasn't like a family atmosphere. But now it's it's here. So shout out to Jerome Tang, man. It seems like the players are genuinely having fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's always positive. Every time I see him, he's always positive. Smile. I really, I, I'm not gonna lie. I would really hate to see him lose. But um, what was I gonna say, man? All right, man. We gotta talk about yesterday's games, man. Let's start off. You can start off with the with the first game, man. Tell me what you saw. Tell me what you were seeing, man. San Diego see, State versus Bama. When y'all see me pull out a pin, that is the lock of the day. That's me signing the check. Y'all need to bet on it. I told y'all yesterday, I said, take San Diego State plus seven and a half. And exactly what I said happened. They out them. They were more physical than them. They made them play their style. They slowed the game down. I knew it was going to be an under type of game. Brandon Miller had probably his worst game of the season. He's a top five potential lottery pick. Um, for those who don't know, he's like a Paul George type of player. He's about 6'9", linky, freshman, SEC player of the year. And I think he shot like three for 19. I mean, he played absolutely terrible. They threw multiple defenses at him. Um, you know, it was a it was a great, great game plan by the coaching staff at San Diego State. Brian Dutcher and his crew did like a phenomenal job. And it really just played a hot thought. So, you know, shout out to them. Um, I gave it to y'all at plus seven and a half. They won outright. So, you know, it was, you know, it was a sweat for a little bit in the second half, but you know, in my mind, there was no doubt it was gonna cover seven and a half. Yeah, man. Um, it did look like it was getting away. They were up like almost eight or ten at one point in the second half, and it just seemed like Bama was about to pull away in that instance. It seemed like, um, because I remember in the first half, Brandon Miller didn't really get into a flow of the game just due to foul trouble. So I was like, second half, he's gonna have to show why he's a top five pick. He was never able to find his rhythm against San Diego State's defense, just a long, athletic defense. Um, they stayed to their principles. Uh, one thing I want to talk about. 
Well, I was surprised that San Diego State came back, honestly. Like, they came back to win when they went down eight. Because I was like, I don't know if they have the scoring. But, listen, they kept getting stops. And this is – that's just like we were saying about the Gonzaga and – um, what's it called game? UCLA. Yeah. You got to find a way to score. Like, you can't be going on long droughts. Any team at this point can come back. So, if you go on a drought for more than five, six minutes, that might be the game right there. And but, um, – Especially that team specifically, because they defend yeah. so well. It's like if you're not making shots, you're and they're old. You know what I'm saying? They have fifth and sixth year guys. Like I want to say out of their nine man rotation, at least five of them are fifth or sixth year seniors. Another thing I want to point out too, that team is gonna be very dangerous because they beat the number one overall seed by I want to say it was six, and their best player had six. He averages like 15. Yeah, so, Bradley did not have a great game. I mean, he played terrible. Like he literally but, played terrible. So but uh Tramel, oh, 21? looking like a looking like an NBA. I mean, his yeah. scout, his his process, his, his yeah, his his uh, what am I trying to say? Is going through the roof. His stock, his stock, stock. is going through the roof. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, Ryan Emhart, that that's gonna. I, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But um, yeah, man, I, that that was really impressive to me that Bradley didn't even have a good game and they still were able to. If you told me that Bradley only scored six points, I would have been like, oh, they lost. Yeah, they lost by at least they lost. might have lost by ten. Yeah, at least lost. They might have covered, yeah. but they they surely lost. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Brandon Miller. The only the thing that bothers me is Brent, Alabama came back. Basically, it was a two point game at one point when they came back, and Nate Oates decides to foul. And this is when this is this is the time when analytics like really get in the way of the game because there's 45 seconds left. And basically, Nate Oates fouled to give his team as many opportunities as they could to like come back. Mm-hmm. But in that instance, bro, I don't care. Like basketball logic is just uh, we're going to defend this. Th- we're going to defend right here. We're going to get a stop and we're going to have about 15, 20 seconds left. And then we're going to make a play to either tie or win the game. But he decides um, to foul and give them free points. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that was a, an intentional thing or if the player just made a bonehead. You're talking about when it was 68, 66, and he went to go foul. I don't I don't know because I don't really remember, but I know that what you're saying is 100% true. I don't believe Nate Oates was trying to. I feel like that was a player thing. But if he was trying to string it out and get more possessions, that just wasn't smart, especially not in that situation. Like, you got a veteran team. They're not about to turn the ball over. Just play good defense. It's not the best offensive team in the country. You could have got to stop. And potentially won the game. Or they win. were stopping them. They had stopped yeah. them for like two, three minutes in a row. No, you're right. 100%. I don't know. I mean, I would have probably done a couple of traps maybe. But because like San Diego State did not look like they were in any rush to like score the last two minutes. At all. But um, on to the next game. Exciting game. I thought it was going to come down to the wire until <laughs> them guards, man. We talked about them. Them, them guards. Poplar was he? Jordan Miller. These are these are this is an NBA the, the NBA style team. Like the way they play is very like modern NBA. Absolutely. They, they dismantled Houston offensively. I think this team has a chance. Not to win it per se, but they have a they have a legitimate chance. I'm telling you, Nigel Pack, I told y'all this two to three episodes ago. That man is half man, half amazing. He's seriously cooks people i was surprised that uh houston gave up 90 points if you give up 89 points 
Houston is not equipped to score 90 points and win a basketball game. Like they're just like San Diego State. If San Diego State gives up 90 points, I don't give a fuck. Don't me to cuss. Sorry. Can we cuss? We can cuss. You can cuss, bro. Yes. I don't give a fuck if they play. <laughs> I don't care if they play ODU, if they play Norfolk State. If you give up 90 points, you're going to lose. Like you have to defend. Seriously. Like I keep going back to this metric, James says. No team has ever made the Sweet 16 with a defense above 100 in the ratings and offense that's below uh, top 10. Like, you have to defend. I don't care. And that's another reason why I took UCLA. I guess I'm still harping on it because I'm mad. But you have to defend. And this team gave up 90 points, and it was just frustrating. Another thing I do want to add, the NCAA needs a petition that after, like, once the Sweet 16 games start, you need to have their own, like, sections. I shouldn't be watching San Diego State and then the Houston game runs into like just push it up a little bit farther. Like start the game at four instead of starting the game at five thirty or something. You know what I'm saying? Like we everybody should be a lot of two hours because the view. I feel like your viewers will go up and you know what I'm saying everybody wants to watch each game. I don't want to watch a little bit of this, then watch a little bit of this, and then the next two sets of game come on. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody just needs their slate, and it's an easy fix. That boy, like just, that boy don't have the double monitors. You know the women's the women's oh, yeah. the woman the women's did that perfectly with the Sweet Sixteen because the first game started at two, and each game was a standalone game. Like each That's game how it should be to finish. But um, I think it's just I think they've always done it this way, and I think it's because like maybe not. Like Thursday and Friday, it's like people are working and you want as many viewers as possible. So mm-hmm. You can't like people are driving home at 530. Like people are going to like, let's be honest, people are going to start complaining if you yeah. start the game at 530. I'm gonna be like, dude, what the hell? Like I'm like I'm in traffic trying to watch the game or whatever. But um, it's just it's just it's tough. I'm not I'm not going to lie. It's tough. It's unfortunate. I think they try to space it out as much as they can. So you can watch at least the second half of each game. Like mm-hmm. you just want to focus in on that. But yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I don't know how you would do that because then you also got to think about where the game's being played per se too. Because like the game, the first game was played in Louisiana. Is Louisiana now or back, or is it on the same? That's a good question. I don't know if it's uh, Eastern time. I don't know because then the game starts at six thirty, which means it starts at five thirty in Louisiana. So now everyone has to get to the game as soon as they get off work or not go to work, and then. That's the same thing with uh, the game that was in Kansas City. It was like an hour before, so that everyone has to get there at six their time. I don't know. It's just it's tough. It's tough. I'm not gonna lie. It's tough. Um, maybe they'll find a way, or I don't know, because then you would have to change. Because the thing with uh, the thing with the girls' game is that they have theirs Friday through Monday. Obviously, not to conflict with the men's, but it works out better because they go through the weekend. We need to take the girls' model. That's what I'm hearing. Like. They have it down packed, and we need just like college needs to take some things from the pros and vice versa. Like, kind of off topic, but I feel like you need to be able to. Uh, everybody like universally needs to be able to uh, challenge. Like, you need to be able to challenge at least once a game. Like, and yeah. and if you win the challenge, you need to be able to get it back. Especially in the pros, like that's a big thing in the NBA right now, where teams are winning the challenge or they don't want to challenge in the second half. I mean, in the first half because. You know, they don't want to lose it for the end of the game, but they clearly know that the ball went off on the other team or, you know, something like that. Or they clearly know it was a charge. If you win your challenge, you should get it back. And if you see something good working in one thing, you need to incorporate it in what you have going on. You don't have to necessarily steal everything, but like the little nuances that'll fix the game, you need to switch. I mean, I want 
I want the men's game to go to quarters. That's something I would like to see. I feel like it creates a better flow in the game. But um, on to the next game, Creighton versus Princeton. Um, what were your thoughts if you watched any of that? Yeah, so I actually did get to see the first half. I didn't get to see uh, but a little bit of the second half. But the first half, it just seemed to me, it seemed like the point guard play from Creighton just wasn't there for me. Like, I, I didn't see the control of the game. I know it's your guy, but I really – I just didn't see the control of the game. Um, Kaufrunner had a really good game. Trey Alexander is – I mean, he's a really, really good defensive player. Like, I, you can just tell he might find himself on the NBA roster just about – he's about six five, six six, and he, he can really defend. He's long, he's linky, gets out in transition. He can score it a little bit. I wouldn't be shocked if he finds himself in the NBA. Um, but I mean, when I was watching it, they were, they were going back and forth and then Creighton kind of pulled away at the end and my backdoor cover got killed because Ryan Nimhart helped off a defender and they gave up a three on the left wing. So, <laughs> um, with like literally 20 seconds left, the shot clock was off. So if he misses that shot, I cover, but you know, I, I ain't too mad. Um, it was That's a good either game. here or there. Yeah, it was a good game. James did call the uh the game cover. Um, so you know, yeah, follow James. Um, yeah, Crane. Um, I was surprised that they were getting killed by so many backdoor uh, cuts. Princeton was really running a really like when you watch Princeton's offense, you're like, dang, this is a really difficult offense to like defend. Like mm-hmm. man to man, like just constant movement, constant backdoor cuts. They kept making the right passes. Um, but yeah, you could see it towards the end of the first half that like. Crane like talent just started to overwhelm because it was a good game. I was surprised that Princeton was playing at the pace they were playing at because we both thought they would slow it down, but nah, they were they they were playing just as fast and just as well. I think, but the you could tell that the game speed favored Creighton. Um, Brian Hamard didn't have one of his best games. I think he had like four turnovers. He did have like eight assists, I believe. He didn't shoot the ball that well, but Baylor Shireman. That is the biggest pickup. That's one of the biggest pickups in the portal I've seen. Cause that boy, that boy's a gamer for real. Out of what was it, North Dakota State? South. Or South Dakota State. That Jack boy, Rex. that boy's a dog. Yeah. And then Kalkbrenner was just dominant all game. They had no answer for Kalkbrenner. And yeah, Trey Alexander had a great game. They it was a really solid game. Even um the Miller son, he was decent at times too. But um, yeah, that's gonna be an exciting matchup. Creighton versus San Diego State. Um, last game of the night, Texas versus Xavier. Your thoughts? <laughs> so I actually did get to see a little bit of this game, and if you guys watched the last part, this kind of went how I thought it was. Uh, the Texas guards just outplayed the Xavier guards. Like Sule Boom had twelve points. That ain't gonna cut it in the championship game. Like that's a decent game, but that's not gonna cut it. You have to have more than that. Um, even Texas. One of their better players, Dylan Sue, he got hurt pretty early, and they still hammered them. I mean, they were up 20 points at one point. Like, it's not really hear. much to say. Say it again? You said you didn't hear? No. Texas knew that he wasn't playing the entire game. Oh, like, no. even before. I didn't know. They knew that they were going to put him out there just as, like, a, oh, he's playing. And then they just, like, yeah, he's not playing. Yeah, see, it was – that's how you know that they uh, – they just knew that they had that number because in no circumstance, if that's – if that's Kansas, if that's somebody else, he's if he's able to play, he's going to give it a go. So I just felt like that right there tells you. Because everybody, you'll see it all the time. Like Marquise Noel, his ankle literally touched the ground, and he was back in the next minute and a half. Like when I tell you, 
they just they it was just a bad matchup for Xavier. Xavier doesn't defend well. Texas can score the ball. They're experienced. They're big. They have depth. So everything that we kind of was talking about in the pod last week. I mean, uh, yesterday. yesterday. Yep. It you know, it came true. So we yeah. Get um, content. Xavier, like it's not gonna show because it's, it's gonna show that Texas dominated, which they did. But Xavier, they had a chance in that first half to at least keep this game close the entire way i felt like once they went down too much like obviously it was just it was just too much but mm-hmm. um what was i gonna say yeah because nunji he had the matchup down low once dylan desu was not there nunji had the matchup and they they had to have missed like 10 layups i don't want to say they were chippies but he missed 10 layups that he made against hit he went six of 19 uh solely boom terrible this disappointed me. Disappointed me. Punko was the only guy that really showed up. Kobe Jones could have been better. I mean, he was 7-15. He had a solid solid game. But it was just a disappointment from two of your better players. You need you needed the players to be clicking on all cylinders like they were against uh, Pitt. But, hey, man, it is what it is. And what I was saying, uh, like, this was a couple episodes back. I knew Zach Nungy. Uh, not Zach Nungy. What's the first name? Jack. Jack Nungy. I knew Jack would have a big game against Pitt. You can just tell, you know, they're younger, they're smaller. When you go against those Texas bigs, Christian Bishop, Dylan Mitchell, Timmy Allen, it, Dylan DeSue didn't even play. If you add him, that's depth, that's experience. Those guys are older. Dylan Mitchell's young, but those other guys are older. Like, they can bang with him down in the post. Like, it's 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 a different ball game. So He still you know. should have made those laps. No, nah, he probably should have, but I'm just saying it makes it a much, much harder. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. For sure. All so. right, man. Um... Today's Saturday. All right. Saturday Elite Eight games. We only got two games to cover. So should be a quick edit, but we can get more in depth. Um, Saturday Elite Eight games. We have first game we have <laughs> in Madison Square Garden, Kansas State versus FAU. This is the hardest game to handicap. Probably of the tournament, and I'm I'm leaning towards one of the harder ones I've ever done this whole entire year. This game is going to come down to if they can guard that ball screen and if – so what Kansas State was doing simply to Michigan State was Marquise Noah had the ball. They were bringing up a big that could shoot, and literally he was coming off. Well, Michigan State wasn't switching that ball screen, and he was getting wide-open shots or he was coming off of it. And when they did try to switch it, he really couldn't contain Marquise Noah. So he was getting into the lane. He was diamond people. They were out of position a lot. FAU is not going to do that. They have one big center. Uh, what's his name? Golden. They have another big, but he's not as big. Uh, I think his name is Carlos Rosario. Carlos may be a stretch, but his name, that's him, definitely Rosario. And then they play four guards under six five, so they can switch those screens, and that right there is the reason why I'm going to take FAU to cover that one point five. I think they win and they advance. Um, it is in New York, you know. Uh, Kansas State is going to be heavy, especially the uh, Masu family and um, Marquise Noel. Obviously, y'all seen him have twenty points and basically twenty assists. Um, so he is a gamer. He's a PTP, no doubt about it. Nobody can take nothing from him. I just think that the guards are better at FAU and the defense is better. And they've been in close games. So has Kansas State. It's going to be a tight. It's going to be a good one. <sighs> give me FAU to cover. Not my strongest play, but give me FAU to cover if I have to lean one way or the other. You're, you're looking for a Giancarlo Rosario. 
Giancarlo. I knew it was there. Rosado. Yeah, Rosado. Not Rosario. Rosado. Giancarlo. Um, so, yeah. Um, lock of the day. Kansas State money line. Hey, man. Say, man. Mom said she's pulling for Marquise Noel. I'm pulling for Marquise Noel. The kids from Harlem, my family's from Harlem. I gotta stick with the boy. The only thing that's this is this is the thing that truly scares me about this game, though. FAU is a great team. We we decided this. We talked about it. They're a high major team. They would they would compete in any high major across this country. The thing that scares me is this Marquise Noel ankle injury. How has it recovered since? Because like it's easy. I don't want to say it's easy, but it, you know, adrenaline. If you, yeah, when you got your adrenaline pumping, you don't. You're not feeling that. Obviously, you're Madison Square Garden. You're on the biggest stage. You got the family in the crowd. Probably didn't even feel his ankle. I wonder if that did any like more damage to the ankle, or like is the ankle was it just does it just look funny? And because you know sometimes you got freak accident, like you got a thing that looks real nasty, and it's just like a normal sprain or whatever. Mm. But I'm interested to see how it heals. Um, I really I do like. I do like Kansas State. I think they defend well. Michigan State was clicking on all Stendlers that last game. That was just high competitive basketball to me. But I like I like the bigs from I like the big I like Tomlin. I like Masu coming off the bench. Uh my boy Ishmael. Shout out Ishmael. Um also from New York, as you said before. Keontae mm-hmm. Johnson, big game. I feel like he's coming in with a lot of confidence coming into this game. Denny Sills, Desi Sills, my fault. Um, I feel like he's gonna. I feel like he's gonna perform today because I feel like he had to. He wasn't really in the game last game because he fouled out and everything, and he was just watching. And that's why Ishmael was so big last game. But yeah, I mean, I I feel good about the Kansas State pick. It's not. It's not like. But I I was talking to Femi and I was all like, bro, today and tomorrow are gonna be the hardest like box of the days, like. This is make or break time, but um, I'm not, you know, I'm not as confident as I was like the days before. Like Miami, I was pretty confident, but like each round you get less and less, like because the games get razor thin. It's razor. getting razor thin right now. But like before, like you know, Sweet Sixteen, like Sweet Sixteen, round of thirty-two, round of sixty-four. I'm like, yeah, these are locks. These are for sure hidden. Today, man, a couple of calls, refs. A lot of things can happen, refs. Couple of bounces of the ball, lucky shots. Um, but yeah, I got Kansas State winning. Um, Mr. New York City wins the final four. Jerome Tang, well, not wins the final four. Let me call him now. Goes to the final four in New York City. It's I feel like it's a storybook. Uh it's a story, it's like it's part of the story. You got uh Keontae Johnson, who shouldn't even like you could be saying he shouldn't even be playing basketball. Mm-hmm. He comes back, he transfers. Now he's now he's now he has a chance to go to the final form. Jerome Tang, first year head coach. It just they got the little uh they got the lowdown clap going on from and like, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Chris Beard at Texas Tech when they had Old Town Road. Oh every yeah, time they won. Yeah. Old Town Road would play. That's what that's what I get feeling with this Kansas State team. I feel like they I feel like they can they can get to that championship game also. But yeah, I got Kansas State winning this game. The only thing that's really concerning me about Kansas State is I haven't seen them turn the ball over a lot, and that's what they do. Like, they've done that all year, turn the ball over. Um, 
and they aren't a good defensive team. Like, not even, like, they're not a good defensive team. They gave up 93 points to Michigan State. Like, I don't, you know, that's not a good offensive team. This is a good offensive team and a good defensive team. They're Both teams are pretty well coached, but I just, you know, I harp on defense and I harp on the ability to stop one player rather than stop a team. So I just feel like they have the guards that can contain Marquise Noel, which is much, much easier said than done. So that's just why I'm taking them. Do they? Can anyone mark Marquise Noel right now? And honestly, if Tyson Walker couldn't do it, he was getting cooked. Um, <laughs> getting cooked. I mean, and we're talking about Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo is a he, was getting a, cooked. he, he couldn't figure it out. But But you will agree with this. This team is better defensively than that time Izzo team, this yeah. FAU team, and they are not getting 98 points on this team. So you, I, he ain't getting – I was, I was surprised that he cooked Kentucky like that too. Yes, and a lot of those passes that he's throwing from 40 feet out and Malik, Malik Hall played absolutely horrendous. Like I'm sorry to talk about people like that, but he played absolutely horrendous. Defensively, offensively, like it was absolutely horrendous. He missed free throws in the clutch. But a lot of his defensive assignments were just absolutely terrible. Like, how is he 40 feet right by the volleyball line throwing the ball at the ground to a center and he's catching and laying it in? Or you're not switching to pick and roll. Like, I just don't see FAU having those same mental lapses. Like, and I will say that the pace of play is going to be up and down. So the over might be a, another good pick. I think it's 144. That might be another good one. Um, But, yeah, now I don't see FAU having those lapses just like, uh, just like Michigan State did, so. That's just, yeah, I feel like Kansas State has one of those um, offenses that like more so like Gonzaga maybe like two years ago when they had Jalen Suggs and Drew Timmy, mm-hmm. where like they can they can attack from multiple places. So it's like it's hard to come up with a game plan to really stop them. But I don't know. You think FAU can outscore them? Yes, <laughs> I was about to ask you that. I was about to ask you. I don't think I don't know. I feel like oh. that's what I'm confident. In. I don't think I don't think they can outscore at Kansas State. So let me ask you this: Who do you think shoots better as a team? Probably because I've seen FAU start slow. Like they have game. They've had they had the last because who they play who they played in the second round. They played FDU, FDU. right? Mm-hmm. They're kind of. But that was they, I feel like that was prime for like a little bit. Like oh, we should beat this team. I feel like. They stepped it up against. So you thinking they're gonna they're gonna get up for this game? They're gonna oh you know they're gonna get up. They're gonna I feel like both teams gonna get up because yeah, the state gonna know like you know FAU ain't nothing to play with. Like I know Jerome Tang is gonna harp that like if y'all come out here they can't beat y'all. So don't you know what I'm saying like yeah. So it's, I don't know man, it's gonna be good. But I think the I think the thing that also makes me confident is the control of the game that Marquise Noel has right now. So it's like if I have Marquise Noel playing at the level he's playing at. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know who can beat this thing. <laughs> but the thing, the thing is, hypothetically, what if he has a bad game or he gets into a Brandon Miller situation where he's in foul trouble? This team is not good without him. Whereas FAU, take Janelle Davis, take Antonio Gaffney out, take Boyd out. They have multiple guys. And no, I, not, I understand. They're not dependent on anybody. They have bigs. Like this is, this is going to be a good game. Yeah. Um, Next game, yeah, let's just move on to the next game. Mm-hmm. Next game, we have UConn versus Gonzaga in Las Vegas. I feel like that's a good, that's a big talking point, but all right, man, let's hear it, Los. Lock of the day, lock it in. UConn, take the points. I think they're minus two, minus two and a half at some sports books. 
Um, if you can get them at two, take them at two. But they're going to win, man. Drew Timmy had 33. He's really the heart and soul of that team. And they have multiple guys that they can throw at him. They have at least two that they can throw at him for sure. And Adam Snow going Donovan Klingon. Um, the wings, um, Malachi Smith and Roger Bowen, or not Malachi Smith, but Roger Bowen, Nolan Hickman, those guys cannot have a bad game like they have the other day. We have the wings to check uh Julian Strother. Like we have multiple bodies that we can throw we? at him. This team is well experienced. Yeah, we that I'm boy, betting, that boy. That when I'm betting with him, it's we. Yeah, they have multiple guys that they can throw all around. This team is experienced. Um, I feel like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like the bigs is is kind of like it's kind of a wash. Like, Sonogo is gonna cook. I feel like Timmy's gonna get his. Klingon's gonna do what he does, and so is Watson. And I just feel like I have better guards on our side. So later two points. I feel like the style of play is gonna favor UConn. It's gonna be up and down. It's gonna be a lot of points. Whatever. I don't know what the over is. I don't know if you said that, but take the over. Uh especially if it's not like a horrendous number. What is it? 153.5. 153. Take it. This game will be like it'll be mm, 75 to 90 something or something like that. Not 90 something, not even a stretch, but I feel yeah. I feel a comfortable, I feel a comfortable uh UConn win six to eight points. All right, man. Um Femi's lock of the day, for those that are wondering, Femi's lock of the day is UConn money line. So <laughs> it's like nah, but, um, UConn, I mean I mean Femi hit, man. Femi hit last Yeah, shout week, out Femi. Shout out Femi. Femi 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 should be back tomorrow, he said, but we'll see. Um yeah, man. Um I'm not gonna pick I'm not gonna pick a spread, bro. Because my, my heart's my heart's too in it with Gonzaga. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I can't I can't give a fair assessment because I need Gonzaga to win for my bracket. So, so, so give the fans this. I'm gonna give y'all. I'm gonna give y'all. I'm gonna give y'all a real insight. Yeah, give us a reason why Gonzaga would win. If give us Gonzaga would win if their guards play. Like if their guards, if their guards play at a elite eight level or like a level that they've been expecting them to all year, they can win this game because now you have more than just. Because right now it's just Drew Timmy and Julian Strauber. But if you get, if you, you, they need, they need three, maybe even like a fourth, not, not like an OC, like fourth guy to be like, oh, I need 10 points from you. But like a couple of big shots from the fourth guy, like someone you weren't expecting. Um, But they need three guys to go off. So it has to be Timmy, Strother, and see, like when they beat UCLA, they had Malachi Smith. But like one of the other guards have to go on. Rashir Bolden's going to have to do something, stretch out the floor. Like hit some big time shots because it's gonna be a problem. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure Gonzaga can really defend UConn. UConn showed middle of the season they could have some lapses, but I don't know, man. You know, a good team to look at. Well, kind of, not really, because they have they have the guard play. See, this is the problem. Marquette has the guard play to beat UConn. Mm-hmm. You, you Gonzaga has Drew Timmy, and UConn has the ability to defend that. So. It's tough. Um, I need Gonzaga to win, but I would, I, like, looking at it, it's a bad matchup for Gonzaga. This is a bad matchup for Gonzaga. The worst one. Right now, as currently constructed. So, I mean, it's hard to see where UConn does not win this game. But I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say I think UConn cuts down the nets. And I said this earlier, and James is my witness, I had UConn winning in one of my brackets, and I did a little bit too much research, and I took them out, which I shouldn't have done. But James is my witness. 
I had UConn winning it before the tournament started, and I just I was just looking at too much stuff and took them out. Nah, um, the only thing that helps with uh, Gonzaga is that the game is in Vegas, so they they always play in Vegas. So it's like they like their fans are used to coming down there. I they'll have not to say that Husky fans don't show up. Husky fans say, are going to show up. They're going to show but up. Like. <laughs> I feel like it'll favor more Gonzaga just just because it's on the West Coast, obviously. Maybe sixty forty. Yeah, but um, it's interesting. I, I'm very interested to see this game. Like I said, I hope Gonzaga wins, but realistically, everything on paper, everything you're looking at, this just shows this is just a bad matchup for Gonzaga. Unfortunately, they would have to they at the game plan is simply just to outscore UConn because you're not. I don't. I can't see them defending UConn. And UConn really defends. Like, their wings, that's another thing, too. Like, I feel like this is going to be a make-it-or-break-it game for Julian Strother. Not necessarily mm-hmm. as far as the NBA like, in total, but if he plays well, he could very well slide into that first-round lottery. Like, he yeah. – because these are really, really elite-level def- uh, wing defenders. Um, uh, they, I mean, they have a plethora of them. Uh, they have Diara. They have Andre Jackson. Uh, they have a plethora. Those will probably be his main Andre two. Andre Jackson is a problem. Yeah, they have a plethora of guys that they can throw at him. They have a plethora of guys they can throw at the other uh the other scores too. But I don't see Gonzaga having that many. And like I said about FAU, Gonzaga, I mean, UConn is not really dependent on uh Adama Sonogo or Donovan Klingon, Tristan Newton. They're not dependent on any one of them to score. So you know I'm saying? they're just gonna get their offense how it goes. And I haven't even mentioned arguably probably their best player in Jordan Hawkins. Like He's going to have a big game, like big shot maker, big shot taker. You heard it here first. He will have a big game. Yeah, man. Um, I think, yeah, Mike, it's one of the guards. One of the guards got to show up for you, for Gonzaga. It's got to be – Strother has to show up. Timmy, obviously. Timmy's going to do his thing. I'm not really concerned about that. Yep. Malachi Smith or Rashir Bolton? Both. Preferably both, but one of them <laughs> has to step up. Rashir Bolton can't go over. Oh. Aaron – I'm tempted to say if if in the first four minutes Hickman's not showing me anything, I'm Settle. going to bench him. Settle. Mm-hmm. I'm literally going to bench him. I will say this, man. Rob from the he's from the city, man. He's not gonna have a bad game. I wanna I wanna just wish that he has a good game. I do want them, I think they're gonna lose, but I can't see him going over again. Um he only took one th- shot in his defense. Yeah, and that's another thing too. He gets very passive sometimes in their offense. Like he kind of just sits in the corner on the wing, or if he does have the ball, he's looking more to pass than the score. Like he cannot do that today. Like you, they need you in this position, man. I feel like he can get it done, but they need you to go out and show out if y'all have any shot. Yeah, man. Should should be a great day. Um. All right. So. Yeah, my picks were Kansas State, Kansas State money line. That was my lock of the day, and then I have. I have nothing. I think UConn's gonna win. That's all I got. I have nothing for the second game, man. I'm just gonna watch and be a fan. And go ahead, Los. And I took uh I'm leaning FAU, cover the points. Some places have it at two and a half, some places have it at one and a half. If you can get it at two and a half, hammer it. Um and same with UConn. Some place most places have it at two and a half. So if you can catch it at two and a half, catch it. Uh so one underdog, one fave. You know, that's what we're going with for today. And I pulled right, a pin out, so. All right, man, this was fun, though. Yeah, it was a good day. This was fun. Um, We'll be back tomorrow, hopefully. 
family, family, family can come back. And, you know, the triple threat can be in full first on the last uh, day before we go to the final four. Los is going to Houston. So I will be um, in Houston. So watch for the podcast in Houston. I will be there. Yeah. So if y'all see Los out there, the, the you know, 40 people that probably watched us, <laughs> you're in Houston. Hit up Los. All right, man. That's it for today, man. Act like you know podcast. Like, comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff, man. You got mm-hmm. anything left to say? Nope. Just act like you know, man, because we're giving y'all this content. Act like you know. Mama. <laughs>